Episode of True North Nerds. Yay! This week, uh, we take on the Flash and the Little Mermaid and Transformers. Transformers and in a Star steel Trek. cage. No holds barred. But before we do all that, it's time to let you know who's on the show. So we have Kevin. Hi. And we have Jen. Hello. And we have Ryan. I'm here. Ryan. Yes. What's in the news this week? Okay, we're going to start off on a somber note. Um, We lost another great comic artist in the last two weeks. Uh, John Romita Sr. passed away. Yeah. Uh, Great artist, synonymous with Spider-Man, like... That's why I think of like when I think of John Romita, when I think of John Romita Senior, I think of his his Spider Man. I know he's, there's all kinds of other stuff he worked on too, but yeah, Spider Man is probably what he's best known for. I think I think that's pretty safe. Yeah, uh, he passed in his sleep. I believe he was in his nineties. So, yep. Um, following that, we got a new movie trailer. That's, I guess, Spider-Man related. Oh, I just watched this today. <laughs> and I say I guess because it was a movie trailer for Craven the Hunter, part of the Sony Spider-Man movie universe, whatever they're calling it. Spider-Verse. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> it has to have spiders in it for it to be part of a Spider-Verse. Yeah, there will eventually be spiders in it. I don't know about that. <laughs> you think Venom's not going to show up? Venom's not a spider. Well, he's, he's got a spider on goo his chest. No spider on his chest. No, he doesn't. A, doesn't he? Not in the movies. I don't pay that much attention. I don't know like the, that movie. He's had no connection to Spider-Man. So, at least this Venom. But yeah, that's a whole yeah. thing for another time. Anyway, Craven the Hunter trailer. It's R-rated. It was an unrated trailer. So and it's be not very of... good. No, it's not. Oh, I, no, I, it's not. I, I, okay. Uh, I'll be, I'll be fair here. I'm, it is a trailer, but this is the first time in a while I've seen a trailer where it wasn't like, oh, that looks okay. Or yeah, maybe that's not for me. That This was a trailer that I'm like, who greenlit this? Like any of this. Yeah, it'll it brings me background to who asked for this movie? <laughs> well, you know, with the license that Sony has from Marvel and Disney, um, 
there's only so many characters that they have to pull from, so... Yeah, like 200 and something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And one of them's... Guess what? One of them's named Spider-Man. Yeah. That's true. And then there's Miles Morales Spider-Man. And then there's Spider-Gwen. And then there's this whole other... You like you said, Spider Verse of Spiders that they could include in live action movies. Yeah, but they can't keep making spider movies. Nobody sees those. <laughs> at first, at first, I thought you were being serious there. No, <laughs> <laughs> I would like nothing more than for them to keep making spider movies. I love spider movies. Yep, much better now, than uh, yeah. We are getting that Madam Web movie at some point, so we'll see what that's all about. Mm. But yeah, uh, and better better movie news: uh, the new Ghostbuster movie wrapped a uh, preliminary, I guess. Uh, what is it? About uh, filming, at least. I'm sure there'll be second unit, backup, blah blah blah, retakes, all that. But they've finished filming the movie. Yay, Ghostbusters! Yay, Ghostbusters. Yay, Ghostbusters. I put new Ghostbusters stickers on the side of my computer today. Ooh. In honor of this? No, because I bought got a whole bunch of them from Crazy Bins. Ah. I was going to go there today, and then I decided not to because it was raining. Oh, well, today's the day that new stuff goes out and is expensive. So. Oh, so I should go tomorrow. Still new stuff and expensive. Sunday, is Saturday, it, Sunday, I think, is when the new stuff goes out and is expensive. I thought it was like Friday, Saturday. No, Friday is $1. I went on Wednesday, it was 3 and then the sign said Thursday, Friday was $1. Because I thought that, too. But So Saturday, Sunday, it's 25 I think so. I think it's 25 or something like that. Whatever the highest is. Mm. I don't know. I got... Five Star Wars Black Series Stormtroopers for $3 each, so I wasn't Wow. See, the last time I went to Crazy Bins, all it was was cheap crap, and I was like, wow, there's nothing nice here at all. But yeah, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> you no, just said you found a bunch of cool stuff. That's all that, uh, that's only cool stuff, and it's only because uh, a friend texted me, so. Oh. Oh, Sunday it's $10. Saturday's 25 Sunday it's 10 Monday it's 10 Tuesday it's five, Wednesday it's three, Thursday and Friday it's one. Okay. Um, back on, back from that tangent. Um, <laughs> James Gunn has confirmed that the director of the Flash, Andy Muschietti, will direct the new DC Universe Batman film, The Brave and the Bold. Hmm. Very much a, uh, I believe, a thank you for getting this movie over the finish line. Mm. Possibly. (laughs) Which, you know, it might be that, it may not be, but it's like, because really, this movie had, you know, James Gunn, other than it coming out when he started his tenure, it's not really his movie. If it flops, it's not his fault. No, that's very true, but it's... I, I honestly believe that, like, this, and we'll get into it a little bit more when we get to our movie review, but a good chunk of this is very much the uh, thank, thank you for getting this across the finish line. We know this has probably been a really terrible movie shoot, and you did pretty good considering all the factors that went into this. Mm. Yeah. 
And one more little thing from, I guess, Sony that I missed. Uh, Venom 3 has set a release date, a tentative release date, we'll say, for October 2024. And I say tentative because, well, with everything that's going on in the business, who knows if that's going to happen then. They've got to get the movie written first, and that's not going to happen for a while. Well, I assume it's already written. If they're setting a release date for it this week, if they announce a release date, it must be written. I would hope. Yeah, you were. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be you completely ad libbed. Maybe they got someone from Canada to write it. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember uh, the trailer for Aliens vs Predator? Like the very first teaser trailer. No. They shot that before like a script was written. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so Disney has delayed a bunch of movies. I've got a list. Okay, here we go. Avatar sequels 3, 4, and 5 have been pushed to December 19th, 2025, December 21st, 2029, and December 19th, 2031, respectively. 2031? Oh. That's Avatar, right? Of course. Yeah. That's Avatar 5. Live action Mono, um, Mo, Mo, Moana. <laughs> Not Manoa. <laughs> the live action Jason Manoa movie. No. <laughs> uh, the live action Mo, Moana movie, starring The Rock, uh, has been pushed to June 27, 2025. The Star Wars, is it Star Wars movies. Uh, didn't say which ones they were, but apparently now have been moved to May 22nd, uh, 22nd 2026, December 18th, 2026, and December 17th, 2027. I think Disney should learn from their last mistake time they did this, and it was a mistake. Don't do a May release and a December release in the same year. Mm. Stick to December or stick to May. Put a year at least between your movies. That's what hurt Solo. Mm. Is we got we got Last Jedi. It left a bad taste in a bunch of fans' mouths. We got Solo. Solo came out between Avengers and Deadpool, I think. It was Avengers and something. And it well, didn't do as well as it could have. So... I think they should just, well, especially since none of these movies, like you said before, probably have scripts anyway. Why don't, why announcing dates? Speaking of Alien, the new, there's a new Alien movie coming in August 16th of 2024, apparently. Uh, the currently filming may have actually just, may have already finished filming Captain America Brave New World uh, has been, is coming out July 26th, 2024. So we're getting that next summer. Uh, the Thunderbolts has been pushed to December 20th, 2024. Blade has been pushed to February 14th, 2025. Uh, Fantastic Four, May 2nd, 2025. And then the Avengers movies, the Kang Dynasty and the other one have been moved. Or, sorry. Kang Dynasty has been moved from May 2nd, 2025 to May 1st, 2026. And Secret Wars from May 1st, 2026 to May 7th, 2027. Hmm. And the one up... Oh, sorry, go ahead. They're still going through with the Kang Dynasty stuff? 
Oh yeah. Well, they'll still do it. Whether it's the same actor in it in the end, who knows? Yeah, that's going uh, to be the the question. That mark. is years away from now, so. Yeah. They're probably hoping well, it all blows over by then. Well, yeah. the the real or question gets... is, what do they do with him in Loki? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm assuming that's already filmed because it comes out in a few months. Y- so. Yeah, exactly. Like we haven't heard any delays, so I'm guessing they're keeping him in. Yeah. And then the last one on the list has actually been moved up. Uh, Deadpool 3 will now be hitting theaters May 3rd, 2024. Cool. So it was moved up a few months. Hmm. And then following all that, there has been a bunch of news for San Diego Comic-Con this summer. Mm. Not, Not good news. Yeah, I heard this. Uh-oh. Marvel Studios, Lucasfilm, and their parent company, Disney, have all decided to not attend San Diego Comic-Con. Really? And Yep. And, and then along with Sony Pictures, Netflix, Universal Pictures, and HBO. Uh, this is all right. in the event that the SAG-AFTRA, A-F-T-R-A, and, oh, geez, I don't know what this one, the A-M-P-T-P, fail to reach agreements before their contract deadline of June 30th. So that's the Screen Actors Guild and the Association of Film and Television Actors. Okay, thank you. Uh, and okay. they are they are ready to go on strike very soon, too. Yeah. Uh, so, so. Well, so the deadline are, is... Ahead, all those Jim. places are not attending because the people are on strike? Well, They can't so hire the they, actors. If they if go on strike... strike they have they will if you know if they do and with the writers guild of america strike continuing um so if they all are both going through july when comic-con happens then the actors will likely join the writers and showrunners in abandoning oh sorry <laughs> abstaining from promotional panels such as the ones at comic-con which would then leave the studios with uh panels with nobody to participate in yeah that's true i guess that makes sense. Plus, nowadays most of these shows have, well, most of these studios are doing their own thing anyway. Like, there's a D23 coming up, uh, isn't it in September, Kev? Uh, not this year. No? I thought mm. I read somewhere something about a D23 coming up, but okay. Oh, I think there might be a Destination D. That's a smaller event that they hold it in Florida. Oh, okay. Uh, let me check. Yeah, Destination D twenty three is uh, the September eighth through tenth. Okay, so it's just I saw the D twenty three September. Then that's yeah, but what that's more about parks. Well, but if they don't do a Comic Con, they can easily throw in some movie stuff too. Who knows? It's Disney. They'll do what they want. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> um. Yep, so I wonder if this will affect Fan Expo. Now, I guess when the ce- the celebrities that appear, they're there under it's their own deals, their own contracts, not, yeah, not showing that, up as shows. So Right. Yeah, the, basically where it would affect Fan Expo is the, like, show presentations, if there was any. Okay. But for the most part, Fan Expo doesn't do those and i guess it would also depend on the wording of certain things like if the boys panel is like an official boys panel that would be like 
and the actors are there while they're on strike, that yeah. would be a no. But if it is a panel just featuring one of the actors where he talks about the boys and stuff, that's yes, okay. Yes, then that's different. If it's yeah. just like a panel of these actors from this show. I think it depends on if they're being paid by the convention or the studio. Yeah, they'd be, yeah. they'd be being paid by the convention in, in like 99 of those cases. Yeah. Um, speak, okay, well, staying on that train, Paramount Plus announced some cancellations. Uh, the one that matters to us, they're removing and they've canceled and are removing Star Trek Prodigy from its service. Aww. Yeah. This one, they, this was one of those news stories that they sort of buried late on a Friday afternoon, yeah. hoping nobody would see. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm disappointed about this. So, um, I've interviewed one of the producers of, of uh, Star Trek Prodigy for um, Galaxy Class, and um, so I was checking his Twitter out today. They, there is still 20 episodes of Star Trek Prodigy that are in various stages of completion. Some are almost ready to go and some still require a little bit more tweaking. They're planning to shop the show around to other broadcasters and streamers. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Star Trek Prodigy turn up on Amazon or Netflix. Um, they just, the the thing is, it's just like HBO uh, Max is going through with their merger with Discovery. Paramount Plus they're they're um upgrading the, i use the term upgrading loosely they're changing their streaming service to be paramount plus showtime so uh that is requiring them apparently to remove some programming um star trek prodigy wasn't the only show that got canceled um there was a, a um one of the world of wonder drag shows one of rupaul's shows is um has been canceled and the grease prequel show rise of the pink ladies was canceled as well oh i wanted to watch that yeah now the interesting thing is um i want to know how this affects the contract paramount has with crave and bell media does uh because just because it's leaving paramount plus within the next couple of weeks does that mean it's going to be leaving crave as well mm -hmm. i don't know yeah. don't know very interesting to find out. So, yeah. I'm sad about that news because I really like Star Trek Prodigy. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was fun. The one report I did read was people were wondering if that if this gets cancelled, does that uh, then uh, open up the, the opportunity for um, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, the one that plays uh, Captain Janeway to join to appear on legacy well i would assume if that moves forward that all the voice work for prodigy is done well yeah but no but more so the character wise mm. that she's not off in the other you know on another ship someplace else doing some other thing with these little kids then she can be closer to the rest of the story with these people right i don't um, know I just, I hope, yeah, I hope it finds a home and we get to see season two, because it looked like it was setting up some cool stuff. Oh, yeah, season one was great. 
and my last little bit of a news tidbit is our follow-up from last episode that Brent and I kept teasing and talking about. Or not talking oh, yeah, I guess about. we should finally talk about that. Yes. So now the news has happened. There is a new Energon shared universe uh, of comics from Skybound Studios involving Transformers, hence Energon, uh, the new Void Rivals comic, and Real American Heroes, G.I. Joe. Yep. So to, yep. so to give everybody the, the full story of what we were talking about, kind of hinting at last time, is I'm at work at Big B on a Sunday, and there's some messages going on from uh, a couple people from Skybound uh, saying that we're having a retailer call. You may want to get on this. It's about Void Rivals and a big secret within. So um, I'm because I was at work, I wasn't going to watch the video like live as I was <laughs> working. But I did go on my lunch break, and the, after the call was over, uh, Arun Singh, who is a, uh, I think he's the head of their PR. Um, just double checking this. Uh, oh, director of brand and editorial at Skybound. So uh, he's a, a bit of a mucky muck, and I've had the pleasure of uh, meeting and talking to Arun a, a couple times. He is from the GTA originally, and uh, he's worked at Marvel and Sci-Fi and Boom. So uh, he, he uh, sent me a link to the video, and they reveal that, like, hey, halfway through this comic, a Transformers in it. And the reason they did this is was super smart in the way... Of it kept the secret pretty good up until then, and then uh, the day after the video was was the cutoff for orders, so we knew to bump our orders because I I honestly think we were only getting like less than ten copies of that book for the store before yeah, I, this. I don't even remember like it was on the cover of previews, and I don't even remember it before yeah. that, like, for that. So, so the real amazing thing about it in regards to the internet is they asked all the retailers to keep it quiet and keep it to ourselves and not like let loose what the secret was. And to everyone's credit, it did not show up online until the Friday before the, the Wednesday when the comic was coming out. And that was broken by bleeding cool, who I assume knew but sort of kept it to themselves until like the physical books were in stores. And then they figured it was like all bets off at that point. So yeah, where the, the cool stuff in it as well is the announcement of the, there will be a transformers book coming out in the fall. I think September, October, October, October. Um, maybe September. I hope it's September. I'd rather have it yeah. sooner than later. <laughs> Um, and it is being written and drawn by a favorite of both Ryan and I's, Daniel Warren Johnson, who did do a powerbomb. And then we have uh, Duke and uh, Snake Eyes nope, coming out. Cobra Commander. Or, sorry, Duke and Cobra Commander. And they are going to be written by uh, Joshua Williamson, who's been working on a lot of Batman stuff in the last little while. 
And then the last little bit to follow all that too is that they've announced the Larry Hammer run, or written G.I. Joe Real American Hero comic series, that has now been doing its continuity through three different studios, is will we'll, we'll be returning this fall as well, picking up where hmm. it left off in uh, when IDW had the license just recently. So, yay, comic news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is that it for news, Ryan? Uh, that's what I've got written down. I feel like there was something else I saw today, but forgot to write it down. So, yes, that's it for news. <laughs> okay. Uh, anybody else got anything? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Um, except that Rogers the Musical opens at Disneyland next week. I'm very excited <laughs> to hear all about it and. Uh, to see it my, for myself this summer. It's only running until August 30th. So. They announced another Sims expansion pack. Oh, I did see that. Yay. Like a horse ranch or something? Yep. I did think they that's what ha- it's called, horse ranch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did they not have horses in Sims before this? They did in The Sims 3. They, didn't in the, they haven't in The Sims 4. And there's been a lot of complaint among the community that it should have been part of um, a more generalized pack for pets because in the sims 3 you got the sims pets and it had cats dogs horses and like smaller creatures like birds and lizards and stuff like that um but in the sims 4 you got a separate cats and dogs pack which just had cats and dogs and now you're having a separate pack for that's just horses so people are kind of complaining about that but they're different games and the gameplay is completely different. The graphics are completely different. The customizableness customization is completely different. So like you, they, instead of it just being like, Oh, and this also has horses. They're actually like taking horses and really expanding it to make it much more playable. And also baby goats and baby sheep. And if you scare the goats, they faint. (laughs) 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 I'm so excited for this pack. And it's like, there's a whole new world like so for the expansion packs you usually get a whole new world that comes with it so this world is um based on the american southwest so it's like arizona death valley you know or monument valley i should say um a lot of um cowboy themed so it's like a real ranch and they said that they were doing um some ties to indigenous people and let me see if i can find the news release real fast Sims. Is it too late to, for me to ask if the cats and dogs live together in the pet pack? They do. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of a pain, but they're kind of cute. And um, sorry, I was just looking to see where if what the actual expansion is because. They're donating a portion of the sales are going to a um a specific uh Native American charity and I can't remember what it was and I wanted to shout it out but I can't find the the link right at this very second. Oh hang on. Maybe it's here. Make a live. Oh, and you could do line dancing. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> oh, no, I can't find that um news release. But anyway, look it up. You can find it. Uh, it looks like it's going to be super fun. And you can get baby horses. Nice. Yeah. 
So I'm probably I want to buy it right away. It's coming in July 20th, but it's $55. So I usually wait till they go on sale. But this one I might buy right off the bat. <laughs> nice. I like the fact that the goats uh, fall over when you scare them like they do. And like you see them on those YouTube videos. Yes, that's, that's it's cute. so cute. <laughs> They're little tiny goats and sheep. <laughs> I'm going to have a huge ranch because there's I also have the uh, the Sims Cottage Living expansion pack, which is like a British countryside. And that pack came with cows and llamas. Um, but they're kind of like tied to their cow and llama shed and chickens. Um, so like the cow and the llama will wander around the area of their little shed, but they don't like you can't really do much with them. Like they're not you can't ride them or anything, but I'm going to have a big farm. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love that you love this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I second that. I spend way too much time on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Making little sim people do stuff. <laughs> dance, minions, dance. Mm-hmm. All righty. So with the news over and done with, uh, what should we talk about first? Well, maybe the movie we all saw. Yeah. Yeah, and then if we have time, we'll we'll catch the other ones, or else this this might become a five hour episode. Mine's gonna be my <laughs> mine's gonna be my geek pick, so we could just I'll talk about that on on. For geek okay, picks. fair enough. And I think you were the only one who saw it, so. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we all at different times went and saw the Flash, the long awaited. Mm-hmm. Movie anticipated, anticipated, uh, pushed back several times. <laughs> I, I'm looking at the credits of this movie, and like it, it, it's it's interesting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is uh, of course sort of kind of based on the Flashpoint, but not really, but sort of is. Spoilers abound for the Flash movie. Oh yeah, we it, we should now. say that then, because that's what we're going to be probably talking about most is the stuff that they've they actually to their credit has managed to keep relatively quiet. Yes. So with that in mind, uh, let's start with Kevin because Kevin is the probably out of the four of us is the biggest DC person. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of this film, Kevin? I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Um, I was surprised by some of the cameos that we got in it, uh, and I just had a good time. I tried to put the um, the uh, controversies of the star of the film out of my head, and just um, just go with it. And I I really had a good time. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'd go with. <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's go with Ryan for this next one. Okay. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it was based, air quotes, on the, I guess, more of the, the idea of the Flashpoint, not so much the comic book series, uh, which is a very different story, which, uh, the animated adaptation was on tv last night so i watched that hmm. um but uh so you know barry of course runs too fast goes back in time and messes things up as he does and hilarity ensues no and 
and stuff happens. Really uh, timey wimey stuff happens. Exactly. Um, some of the small things that they added in, I really liked, like the the part when the other Barry was wearing the the Batman made like the yeah. the converted Batman costume into a Flash costume, and they're sitting yeah. in the bat jet, the bat plane, or whatever you want, and he turns his head. Yeah. But the mask doesn't turn because that the old great. costumes you couldn't turn his head in. So he's just like looking through the nose and yeah, that I yeah, that made me pop. I laughed. Alrighty. Jen, what did you think of before we get into our longer discussion about the movie that I'm probably gonna bring up? Yeah, I have notes. Um so I haven't read any Flash comics. My history and experience with the flash has been uh justice league uh the snyder mo- like the the cartoon justice league the snyder movies and uh i think we watched like two or three seasons of the the flash tv show i can't yep. remember when we trailed off but uh so that's that's all i know about the flash and i i thought that this was a really entertaining movie and i'm usually pretty hard on dc movies cuz i tend to find them very dark and 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 humorless but mm-hmm. one of the things i really like about flash's character is that he injects that much needed humor into the dcu so i really enjoyed it i liked the humor i was laughing out loud at a lot of different parts but i also one thing that dc does very well is tragedy and i you know, every once in a while, I really like a good tragedy. So I really liked Barry's growth story mm-hmm. through this whole thing. And I, I liked how he went from, I can do anything, I can fix it, to finally listening to what his mother was had been telling him all along, which was that not all problems have solutions. And he finally hits that realization, and it's heartbreaking. But it's it was a really good character arc for him and i really enjoyed that but uh that being said i have other notes but we'll hear brent's opinion first then we'll get into it <laughs> this movie was okay <laughs> That's, um i found a lot of it was like good chunks of it were um how do I put this with it? Like, we're, we're just like, all right. The script itself seemed a little muddled and not completely sure what it wanted to do. Like, there was parts of this that I'm like, oh, this is a lame attempt at doing Back to the Future, it like, or doing Back to the Future, but not nearly as good. Um, but the, I think overall, the thing that bugs me about this movie is there's some really good stuff in it that is buried underneath the the kind of the mess that's in this movie like the i i will point blank say that one of the the best acting jobs i've seen this year is ezra miller with with uh barry with here we go into spoiler territory. Barry with uh, his mom at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mm. thought that was so well done. And it reminded you like, oh yeah, when they were not kind of being a psychopath, Ezra Miller is a really good actor. <laughs> and mm-hmm. That scene mm-hmm. was just like really, really well done. But then there was other stuff that was neat 
And but so one of the fun things that happens is we see the DC version of the multiverse for a little bit. And we see a couple different super people. We hear and see a couple different bat people. But then this gigantic spider comes out, and the minute I saw it, I knew what was happening, <laughs> yeah, and I started laughing. Yeah, right, and was I'm the like, loudest person in the theater. <laughs> and, and and like I said out loud, okay, show his face, show his face, and then like it, it shows that it was the Nicolas Cage Superman that we never got, and like the theater kind of cheered a little bit and laughed a little bit. But I when I was thinking about it later. And I kind of threw this at uh, my coworker Kaya this afternoon. Is we older geeks all know the story because Kevin Smith has gone re- on record about it numerous times. He like part of his like talking set for years was him talking about working this movie, Giant Spider, John Peters, blah 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 blah. When I asked Kaya about it, I'm like. Do you like know about Nicolas Cage supposed to be Superman? And she flat out went, no, that was supposed to be a thing. And I wonder if that would take away from a lot of people watching this movie and take them out of it. Like all of a sudden, like, what? Why is Nicolas Cage Superman? Huh? <laughs> you know. And there was a couple other moments like that for me, like in the movie that like I thought were cool, but at the same time, I'm like. Does this break the movie for somebody who's not a super nerd like I am? Um, I also think some of the CGI, despite them coming out and saying, oh, it was supposed to look like that, wasn't supposed to look like that. I I feel like they did the the baby shower um, purposely to look more CGI than it needed to be so that people wouldn't be like, oh, my God, they're throwing babies. Because you know somebody would complain about that. <laughs> and this way they can be like, look, it's obviously CG. So, shut up. <laughs> but but he puts a baby in a microwave. Oh, that was funny. The therapy there, dog. <laughs> the thing about the microwave seat, like, that's one. And, like, I know not everybody's going to do this. Just for whatever reason, my brain clicked on that part. Is... The, the fact that the microwave went ding. <laughs> At the end, yeah. It's, like, it's not plugged in. It's not plugged in. It but if it was, the timer. flash microwaved a baby. It yeah. was just a gag. It's one of the two. It, like, doesn't make sense in either or. I like, yeah. I just, that just reminded me of uh, when he hands the, the baby to the nurse and then he's like, you've been through a traumatic event. You should seek professional help. The Justice League is not very good at that yet. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't supply emotional support. We are not good at therapy. <laughs> also, when Diana shows up. Oh, yeah. And they're both holding the lasso and he's like. I know what sex is. I've just never experienced it. <laughs> I like the the part with Batman yeah. where he's like, it would be better off using my billions and giving them to charity. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Uh, like, yeah. I, like, I didn't think it was a bad movie. No. Um, I just didn't think, it, like, especially, like, all those reports that we heard coming out from their hype machine of, like, yeah. 
you know, this is the greatest ever. superhero movie ever, or this oh. could be like the superhero movie that gets nominated for Oscars and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, not even close. I mean, it was a pretty decent Batman movie. Batman was great. It was probably the first Batman Batman? movie. It was probably the the, (laughs) the first Batman movie I've seen in a long time where I wasn't pissed off. (laughs) I liked it that the Batman in this movie were helping people. Like they were doing things that were were helping people. Although I don't know if Batman, when the hospital is falling apart, if Batman really would have run away to chase down a crook or two instead of trying to help people escape from the hospital. Yeah, but. It was because it was a super virus, and if something yeah. happened to that super virus, the whole world would be destroyed. So there is that, yeah. That's why he called Flash. Well, he called everybody else and then yeah, Flash. That was great, yeah. How many number ones did you have before me? <laughs> so, Jen, uh, I know you had a couple other notes. Yes. Go um, ahead. <laughs> I don't know which one to start with. Um, okay, I'll do my criticism. So I really, really loved Kara in that movie as Supergirl. Mm. She was fantastic. And it was so great to have her as a world where there is no Superman, that she still exists and she's filling that role. And I really liked that. Um, Me too. (laughs) Two points about Kara, though. They kept calling her Kara Mm -hmm. Zor-El. Does that mean that... Superman's real name is Kal-El Jor-El? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, they've always called her Kara Zor-El in the comics even. Yeah. Just to differentiate her from the House of El. I don't know. I That's weird. I never thought about because it. Because Zor-El is her father, right? Zor-El is her father, yeah. Yeah, so... If and Jor-El is Superman's father, yeah, so if and Zor-El last, and Jor-El are brothers, yeah. So if their last name is their father's first names, which is weird in itself, but anyway, then her name is Kara Zor-El, and, and Superman's name should be Kal El Jor-El, <laughs> unless it's uh, it would be no, his name would be Kal Jor-El, it'd be Kal Jor-El, Kal Jor-El, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's better or worse. But maybe it's the thing where the, you know, the the women, the females, the daughters, carry their father's first name as part of their last name. Right, maybe. I That's why Kal El is right. just Kal El. But El is the last El. name. L is the family name. The house yeah. of El. So. But that's what I'm saying. So does the daughter, you know, because I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. I don't know. Maybe but I it, don't know. You know that was all a the genuine just question. their first name, last name. Yeah. That that wasn't a criticism. That was a yeah. genuine question. That just that you, made me stop the movie and go, huh? But anyway. You know what you need to do? You tweet that to James Gunn because he's writing Superman, the, mo- the new <laughs> Superman movie. You say, hey, uh, Mr. Gunn, why I, I is have, her name? I don't have Twitter, but you can do that. <laughs> I don't have Twitter. Brent has um, Twitter. I'm so not going my... to bother James Gunn with this. <laughs> <laughs> So then my other other criticism of this movie, and it's this kind of like superhero movies in general. It's not a specific Flash movie thing. It's popped up in numerous superhero movies. Is that you shouldn't make the supporting characters more interesting than the main character. 
So I liked this movie. It was great. <laughs> the main character is The Flash. It's called The Flash. The movie is about The Flash. I really wanted the movie to be about Kara because she shows up and she is way more interesting than him. <laughs> or even, or even like, well, to a lesser degree, I would think Michael Keaton Batman was also more interesting than him. But I mean, you kind of, I kind of could see just because what I know about Batman, about how he ended up like that. And they kind of explained it. But Kara was arguably far more interesting than Barry. And like, that's the, the whole point of the supporting characters that they're support, supposed to support the main character. But she outshone him. And like I said, this isn't unique to The Flash. I mean, I could make the same argument about Solo, the Star Wars movie, because I came out of Solo saying, I don't care about Han Solo. I want to know what about Kira. And I want to know about um, Woody Harrelson's band. I don't really care about Solo. So it's not unique. But I've just kind of, it made me start thinking about how, and maybe it's because people are always trying to create multiverses and and have spin-offs upon spin-offs about different things that they need to make all the characters unique but it really takes away from the story when you're trying to have a second story compete with the main story when it's supposed to be there to support the main story and i think i feel like that's just now that i've been thinking about it i feel like that's kind of like a trend that movies have been going in especially these big blockbuster ones so i did i don't know if you guys agree or not but that was the other thing that bugged me about I, this movie. <laughs> I think it's a pretty valid point because, mm. like, with the we've seen this sort of—I I hate to use the term stunt casting, but that's kind of what it is in other things, right? You know, like we we saw it to a certain extent uh, with uh, Doctor Strange in the in the uh whatchamacallit of mad multiverse of yeah. mad multiverse That's of madness good example. with the with the scene that had like you know professor x and stuff like that is again it's like not so much to the degree jen's talking about but it is very real thing that can happen and take somebody out of a movie a little bit but the other thing like star wars or, or doctor strange and the multiverse of madness i know that it's a doctor strange movie and he's the main character but it's really America, America Chavez's story. And so it's like they're the two competing. And I, I mean, it was probably a little bit better in Doctor Strange. And it's also been a while since I've seen it. But like, it, it just kind of hits the balance incorrectly. Like, I would say that um, which which Superman or which Spider-Man was it with all the Spider-Mans? Um, what was it called, Ryan, the most recent one? Across the Spider-Verse. No, 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 the one with the live action oh. one. Was it not uh, No Way Home? Home. Yeah, Half Home. In home? It. Anyway, home. that one I would argue did it well because you had Tobey Maguire's Spider Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider Man show up to support Tom Holland's Spider Man. And the they just, because they had already had their own movies, you didn't have to spend a whole lot of time explaining stuff. And basically, their purpose in that movie wasn't to launch a new Spider-Verse with Tobey Maguire and with Andrew Garfield. It was to support Tom Holland's Spider-Man and share their wisdom with him so that he could, you know, keep going as Spider-Man. And I feel like if Kara's role in this movie was just to be replacement Superman, like, I feel like that's a waste. <laughs> they should have, I don't know what they should have done instead, but... Like, I feel like she was too big of a character to smush into this supporting character role. Anyway, 
that was my thoughts on that. At least <laughs> Barry was much more interesting than Iris, who had yes. no personality in this film at all. Yes, we didn't she was barely need, in it. We didn't even need an Iris in this film. No, no. No, Iris is the point of Iris in that movie was basically to give Ezra something to look forward to. I hate to phrase it that way, but I don't know. I don't Barry. know what her Barry, yeah, sorry. I don't I don't know what her point was. <laughs> well, she gave him the idea that yeah. caused him to go back mm. in time in the first place. But yeah, anybody could have done that. Yeah. You know, her being in this movie technically references a scene that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because her scene is in the, the director's cut, the Snyder cut, not in the original. And by so far, this with all the other movies, the Snyder cut did not happen. Yeah. Mm. You know, eh, but um, OK, so from there, uh, let's talk about where DC goes from here a little bit. Uh, with the the I think the the biggest of all surprise cameos out of <laughs> all of them at the end of this film, uh, Bruce Wayne gets out of the car <laughs> to to congratulate Barry on getting his dad out of jail, and we reveal that it is the Bruce Wayne played by George Clooney. I love that. I laughed so hard. I heard somebody in the theater go, "Oh no." <laughs> That means bat nipples are now part of continuity. Oh, no. <laughs> so here is a couple questions for you guys. Between that and the scene, the, the credit scene with Aquaman. <laughs> pointless. That but scene, was, well, I think that scene was like, it just is to let us know that Aquaman still exists in this universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a movie coming, kids. Yeah. So with that, is is Flashpoint now like an actual reset? And if Ezra Miller is able to figure out their issues and continue forward, are are we keeping Aquaman, probably Wonder Woman, and probably Flash? Is is that what we're we're saying with this reboot? With the in terms of actors. I guess so. I don't think it matters. I really don't care at this point. <laughs> I just want I good know. movies. I don't think this will be considered part of the main DC multiverse, like the main DC universe anymore. Yeah, okay. Because I don't see them moving forward with, with George Clooney as Batman and Brave and the Bold. So, I almost think they might. <laughs> hear me out because George like whoever Batman is in this next movie has to be older I, and I've kind of been saying that from the get-go because Damien is the Robin in it and I don't think they're going to make Damien a child he's going to be probably at least a teenager yeah like he does some pretty vicious stuff to yeah so early teenagers so you like yeah could have uh could Batman have impregnated Talia when he was a bit younger? Yes. But I don't think they're going to do that for multiple reasons. I honestly don't think George Clooney's the worst person, <laughs> like the worst Batman, to be dealing with a teenager. 
but it's whether they want to shell out for his money and whether he is even interested. That's always a question. As well. I don't think we're going to see George Clooney in a bat suit anytime soon. I really don't. Unless the, the new Batman movie, and I haven't read Brave and the Bold, so I don't know, is more like Batman Beyond, where he is just an older Bruce Wayne who guides a younger, well, Robin slash Batman or vigilante. Like, he wouldn't be a Batman. He would just be Bruce Wayne. That's a possibility. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, I'm just putting it out there. I wouldn't be against it. Be fine. He's a good actor. As long as it's more of the give him a good good script, and Mm. it won't necessarily be campy and cheesy, right? Um, As far as the brave and the bold, uh, there's not really anything specific to read because that's usually been just like a team up title. Yeah. And even when they had that one cartoon, it was very much a team up cartoon so you know whether it's an old or a younger batman oh well, yeah. we know it's him and dan or no it's batman Ooh. and robin right i got yeah. it i got it yeah got sorry it, i wasn't I thinking it. brave and the bold i was thinking batman and robin my apologies i, I know what they should do <laughs> they should do uh <laughs> they should have george Clooney as old bruce wade then they should have chris o'donnell come back as robin who has to trade damien <laughs> I was going to say... Oh, have Chris wanted... O'Donnell come as Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly, that that's awesome. my thought. If if they do bring George Clooney back as Batman moving forward, that would be a really cool move to bring him in as Nightwing. Even if it's just uh, on a screen and a cameo in something. Because, yeah, this Brave and the Bold is supposed to be with Batman and Robin, and it's supposed to be Damien. Honestly, I think they did George Clooney at the end just as a gag. I don't think oh. it means anything. Oh, it, like, I, I believe so. Like, this was the third. Yeah, this was the third ending they filmed for this movie. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Apparently the first one involved Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. Mm. Gal Gadot. So Superman and Wonder Woman. Then they did one with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. After they jerked around Henry Cavill and kind of said, oh, you're mm. not going to be in this anymore. And then as a joke, they did one with with uh, George Clooney. And then, I guess, it sounds like uh, James Gunn really liked that one and decided to we're going to move forward with that one as our finish. Yeah. Apparently the the original screenings of this at like CinemaCon and stuff like that did not show who Bruce Wayne was at all. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. See, I was wondering they if just they just saw the feet. You just saw the feet getting out of the car, and then it went to like uh, Barry going, "Who the hell is that?" And then going like to the to Cutting. the credits. Mm. Well, I remember because I was wondering because I remember he, you know, reporting that they had uh, changed or you know redone the the finish between some of the early screenings and what was released. So I just wondered if it was you know they released it with the Ben Affleck and then sw- switched it out or. You know, doing what you said makes a lot more sense. Just don't show it and then later on show it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This movie had a lot to unpack. Um, one thing I, I also want to mention. Well, two things I want to mention. One was um, Ezra Miller was extremely good at playing two versions of themselves. Um, yeah, I thought like, so too. To, to the point where I almost like forgot that it was the same actor playing two. Yep, I, I can see that. I, yeah, yeah. 
like because the technology at this point now is so seamless that when they're in the same scene together or you know touching each other or anything you know you can't even tell um and it was really it was a very good way of keeping you immersed in the movie uh and I think that he, they, sorry, did a really good job of portraying the two different berries. So you had, uh, I guess they called them Barry and Young Barry. So you had Barry who was, you know, trying to make things right and fix things and suddenly becomes the teacher to this young Barry who's just a goof off because his life has been, well, comparatively good. Um, and you see both of them for the same actor to portray two characters who are essentially the same character on two different story arcs i think that they did a really good job with that and i think that the writers did a good job with giving the two berries like parallel arcs but still separate and i think like to take one character and make them two characters is was is difficult in the best of times and i really liked um how they did that in the movie um and then the other thing was i absolutely loved how michael keaton explained time travel i was just using spaghetti it was smart it's the clearest way anybody has ever explained time travel in a movie ever (laughs) especially at the end he's like and if you do it enough times splut you get spaghetti (laughs) it was great i loved it i I really enjoyed that with the focal points and all that kind of stuff i also enjoyed the uh early on when we're finding out the, the differences of this universe, the ongoing joke about Michael J. Fox not starring yeah. in Back to the Future. Yeah. And the guy's tattoo on his leg, he's like, why are you upside down? He's like, this is like, is it? It's like, oh, Jesus. See, I felt like that was the part that could get cut out. That's when the movie started oh, to get could've. a little sloggy. Or at least reduced. Yeah. Well, apparently the director said, "There's a he, the director cut is a four-hour movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there were some other cameos too that got cut from that multiverse yeah, scene. Apparently there was a Linda Carter Wonder Woman cameo that got cut and a um John Wesley Ship Flash and Grant Gustin Flash and I think even uh Terry Hatcher, Lois Lane. Mm. You know, some of those TV things got got cut. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was a Josh Brolin Jonah Hex that got cut. <laughs> all right. So that was it. Um, overall, we all enjoyed it. Um, mm. Not the greatest movie ever made. But fun. Um, I'm really curious if those Tom Cruise rumors were real, what he thought of the movie when he walked out of it. <laughs> See, this is a movie that I would see again. Like, I don't think I would go and see it again in the theaters just because theater tickets are expensive, but I'd watch it again, like on whatever streaming service it ends up on. Mm. Probably Crave. Yeah. They seem to get most of the Max stuff. Like, I wouldn't watch the Snyderverse again, but I would watch this again. And, uh, and I, I, it, I'm very curious to see what, if anything, this means for the movies that are going forward. I was going to say, this gives me hope for Blue Beetle and yes. that it, it feels fairly light. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Blue Beetle for the same reason that I was looking forward to The Flash, is that it does not, doesn't look like it's going to be a dark, heavy, brooding DC sh- movie. It's going to be 
like you said, it'll be lighter. It'll have more humor. Um, it'll still have that DC-ness to it, but it's not going to just be all doom and gloom. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess Ryan and I should talk a little bit about Transformers. Go we, for it. We talk a little it. bit about Transformers. Um, it was it was pretty decent. I liked it. It is definitely a sequel to Bumblebee as opposed to the Michael Bay movies. Uh, and in terms of everything other than like his name is still attached as a producer. But uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, <laughs> it, it, I had had the uh, again, we're going into spoiler te- territory. I had had the end spoiled for me. And because at the end we get a credit scene with the the main human protagonist um, gets a job interview he, like this character is former military and gets a job interview and they're like oh well what about all that stuff in Peru which is where the the end sort of like the third act of the movie takes place so, like we know about it but we're assembling a team there's a war coming and you should be part of it. And the kid flips over the business card and we get a G.I. Joe logo. And he to becomes... which I looked at the screen and went, was that so fucking hard? <laughs> and I can yes, apparently it say, was. yes, yes, he did do that, folks. <laughs> I did not care that there were children in the theater. <laughs> um, but overall, I, like... My issues with this movie are very minor in terms of Transformer movies, and they're kind of the same issues I have over and over and over again. One, why are they spending the money on big-name actors to do voices when you have no idea who it is at the end of the day? Mm. Like, Peter Dinklage is the main villain in this movie? I, I had no idea I, until the I credits rolled. I always roll. forget about that, too, yeah. Yeah, not a clue. Uh, Ron Perlman was like sort of recognizable. The only one who really was was um what's her say Michelle uh, face um Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh's voice is very distinct in this. Yeah. They didn't like cover her up with like transformer filters all the way through. What was the plot? Uh, Unicron going to eat planet. Transformers have to stop him. No, not quite. Well, that's G.I. Joe of, at the end. At G.I. Joe at the end. Yeah, so there's, you know, it starts off with on another planet, and Unicron's trying to eat that planet and then get this cosmic key, because there's always a, a cosmic doodad, that would then <laughs> the allow him MacGuffin. to... Yep, the cosmic yeah, exactly. MacGuffin that would let him travel throughout time and space. And so the the animal Transformers leave the planet with it and they end up in i guess in earth's past and break it apart and then so one of our human heroes comes across a piece which then causes the all the transformers to find out about it and everybody starts fighting over it and yeah we do get oh we get a few nice nods to the old school transformers animated movie with a few musical cues Mm. um we did not get the ones i wanted they don't play the touch. touch. They don't play the touch. <laughs> there There's was so a many scene times. that would have been perfect uh, for it. Yep. So many times it was like, okay, here's your chance to play it. No. Here's your chance to play it. No. But they do play the one of the, the really cool, like, creepy music when uh, 
when the bad guy is talking to Unicron through space and stuff, you know, holograms and space, and he's pretty much recreating a scene from the that old cartoon movie. So that was pretty cool. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie. It's a good sequel to Bumblebee. Um, I still, I am in the belief now that this is a new timeline and is not leading towards uh, the Michael Bay, the, the original Michael Bay movies anymore. It shouldn't be at any no. rate. No, well, between the introduction of trans, of GI Joe, I think just the intro, well, the fact that you know there's Optimus Prime and other Transformers on Earth, where in the first Bay movie, Optimus that's the first time Optimus Prime comes to Earth and he explains that they learned our language by the internet which this one takes place in the 90s, and that wasn't such a big thing. It was still the internet, obviously, but we saw him in Bumblebee as well, and so, wobbly. it would have taken him so long to learn the language through dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> but even that statement from those Michael Bay movies kind of gets retconned by the time they get to the fifth movie and explain that Transformers had been on Earth through multiple generations, even the times of King Arthur, and which, yeah. And oh, right, because that movie fight. is the one that hey, where there's a yeah. sword. Yeah, King Arthur, and then we're part of the wars and all that kind of bullshit, right? That's so. the movie that would make me probably the most angry. <laughs> so in King Arthur's time, did he still turn into a freaking truck? No, Optimus <laughs> Prime wasn't there. Oh. It was a different Transformer. Into, did different he turn Transformer. into horses? Like, what, they didn't no, really have? No, they turned into a giant dragon. Ah, well, I guess that makes sense. And, and makes more sense and, than a truck. And, and Merlin flew on their back. Because <laughs> he, re- <laughs> he he recruited them to help him, to help them fight off the hordes that were attacking. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> King Arthur and Merlin I think were that's real as, people. That's as close as I, well, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but they might have been. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's as close as I want to touch that movie. <laughs> And Brett finally feels my pain of having one of your favorite characters get saddled with a bad voice. They, they well, no, not a bad voice. They, Sorry, they a just, bad accent. Bad, Who oh, got a bad jazz. voice? I had forgotten about that part. I thought you were talking about the fact that they made and a bad Mirage the same Porsche that no. Jazz is. No, I was talking about Wheeljack. And yeah, Brent loves him some wheeljack. Uh, they and did wheeljack my boy dirty. He's a VW bus or one of those vans, and he had <laughs> a, a Hispanic accent. And this guy's like, "Oh, yo, home, you know, don't he's just, you know, speaking in Spanish." And I'm like, "Where are you from?" And he's like, "Huh?" He's like, "Well, you know, your accent. What accent?" It's like, mm. <laughs> it's like oh, in that fifth movie. They made Hot Rod a black Lamborghini. Why he couldn't be red, I don't know. And gave him a French accent that he was apparently stuck with. (laughs) Same reason why they had those twins in the first couple movies who were basically like racist stereotypes and illiterate. Yeah. Well, at least... In the, I think one of the comics that was supposed to have taken place in between that first and second movie that they introduced those twins, they're, the fact that they were a little dumber was kind of explained in that I think it was uh, Shockwave had been experimenting on them. Also, oh, why 
also why RC was three different Transformer motorcycle chick, uh, like female motorcycles instead yeah. of just one specific character. It's Michael Bay. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was decent. G.I. Joe. Woohoo. I'm curious to like really I'm curious to see where the movies go from here. Especially with like the and is this new comic book stuff that Kirkman's doing? Is this like attached to that? Like, do we have like a big overall thing going on here, or at least is it like similar in scope? Uh, it, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. So. You know, now they can bring back. They can go ahead and retcon John Cena, change his name, say that his middle name was Duke, and start calling him Duke, and he can be Duke, and he can be GI Joe, and he can recruit people. Yeah. Instead of being part of Sector 7. Yeah. Alrighty. So, with that out of the way, let's go to uh, our Patreon shoutouts. If you would like to help out this show, uh, you can generate uh, us $3. And $3 a month gets you uh, not a heck of a lot, but um, I am going to be recording a. Sell it, Brent. Yeah, Brent's it, not it great helps at over deliver. It, it helps with the with the bills that are associated with this with this uh, podcast. And the the thing is, is there is going to be some exclusive content coming up. Um, I know I've said this before, but the person that I'm doing the podcast with it, that will be exclusive on our our Patreon is uh it's been getting schedules lined up so the plan is it's going to be once a month i'm recording it uh this week all things being equal so hopefully it will be in your ear holes for uh canada day is the plan so yeah um with that in mind uh what the patreon does get you definitely every single time is a shout out so shout outs go out to Drew Parent, Karina, Rhino Vision, Alex James, whose voice you will probably hear very shortly. Um, Team Woods, who is the uh, nice folks who also do truenorthnerds.com. Mike Hammond, who uh, has a lot of 3D printing stuff going on. Uh, do you happen to know the website for that, uh, Ryan? I believe his Instagram is Maple3D. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. And uh, and our good friend Rex, uh, along with it, he's basically sponsoring for the, the rest of the family. Uh, Rex is going to be doing some voiceover work and things of that nature once he gets uh, his booth up and built and things of that nature. So, yeah, thank you very much, all of you, for contributing. And, again, if you would like to contribute to our Patreon, patreon.com slash truenorthnerds. Now, on to Geek Picks. Uh, let's go with Jen, because Jen ha- it might have a little bit of a bigger one because of the movie that she has selected to talk about. Which I've already told everybody is my Geek Pick. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, I went and saw... The live-action Little Mermaid this afternoon, because um, I really wanted to see it on the big screen. Uh, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It's been a long time since I've seen the animated one, but I saw it, I've seen the animated one so many times that you know 
it didn't really matter. So, you know, they changed up a couple of things here and there. There wasn't exactly the exact same plot. Well, it was the same plot, but not the exact same scenes as the animated one, which was fine. Um, Aquafina as Scuttle was great. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that because Scuttle's one of my favorite characters, but she was hilarious as Scuttle. Mm. Uh, I'm starting to appreciate Aquafina more and more the more things I see her in. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, Melissa McCarthy as uh, Ursula. Ursula. She was she was fantastic. Uh, she she did a great job of being of being like octopusy, if that makes any sense. Like you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how in the movie Ursula is always like climbing up on the walls and doing stuff like that, and you know she did a great job of being an evil character, which we don't usually see her as. Um, in my brain, I had convinced myself that Taika Watiti had play, was playing King Triton, but it's not. It was uh, what's his name Javier Bardem. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it so it took me a second i'm like that that's who is that that's not taiko watiti who is that uh he was really good too and uh i don't know who the actor was who played prince eric but they kind of made he was pretty much the only one in the whole movie that sort of looked like the original cartoon eric like he had the blue blue eyes and the uh dark hair and anyway um and I don't know if anybody else knows this, but they changed some of the lyrics to kiss the girl to make it a little bit more um, consensual. <laughs> a, a little less rapey. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know what? Maybe it's Ask because her I... first, then yeah. kiss the... Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> I don't know if it's because I was a kid when it came out, but I nev- the lyrics never struck me that way until I heard the change. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I could see that now. <laughs> this is better. 80s. This is better. <laughs> you know, that's back when you know they used to hide penises in the, the in the artwork for kids stuff. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to be out in theaters too much longer. Uh, but if you have Disney Plus, it'll be there. And um, I really, I highly recommend it. It was it was a really good adaptation of The Little Mermaid. And um, I've liked the Disney adaptations where, like, the live action adaptations that I've seen where they were like originally human or human-ish characters and they adapted them into a live action, which makes more sense than say the Lion King. Um. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Do they include the, the, the section when the chef is singing about how he prepared the fish and he's trying to kill Sebastian? No, there's the chef's cut not in it at all. Oh, that whole boo. Thing's cut. Yeah. Boo. I know I love les poissons, les poissons. <laughs> Jen, um, did the movie feel long? Like the, the original Little Mermaid is a 90 minute film and I hear this one's over two hours. Yeah, it's about two hours and 15 minutes. Um, Once it started going, it didn't feel long. Like it took, uh, I think it took a little bit longer for them. Like they focused more on her as a mermaid, like swimming around underwater, exploring mm-hmm exploring human things and i think that's probably where it took a little longer right but it didn't feel long so no that's good to know yeah i quite enjoyed it so yes everybody go see the little mermaid it will not ruin your childhood (laughs) oh and the other thing is that sorry last point 
um, the original Little Mermaid, the the animated one, is a Mediterranean setting, about like Hans Christian uh-huh. Andersen, right? This one they said it more Caribbean, which I love. So a lot of the a lot a lot of the actors and a lot of the costuming and a lot of the uh, like I mean it's they're they're shipping cargo, right? So it's their kingdom is a little island, I assume, somewhere in the Caribbean. They don't name it, but um, they just did this kind of like geological shift, which kind of it shifts almost, not the whole tone of the movie, but it 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 changes that part of the movie, which keeps it it keeps it from being a carbon copy or even a copy at all, really, of the animated movie. So that's an interesting point too. I thought they did a really good job. Okay, I'm done. Go see it. <laughs> Ryan, what's your geek pick this week? So there is a new cartoon on Netflix that is um that I've already finished. <laughs> it's only like eight episodes and each episode is one of those like it's a half hour, so it's only like you know, actually like twenty some odd minutes. And that cartoon is Skull Island, our latest venture into the Monsterverse. So this is the uh, King Kong Skull Island, you know. So there is a big giant ape in it. There's a bunch of people. It's very there's a lot of other interesting characters. Really, uh, uh, it's a good thing they don't call it, you know, Kong Skull, Skull Island because really Kong's not in it for a lot. Not until getting like the last few episodes is he even part of the story. Um, but uh, they do a lot of good additions to that verse uh they there's a few things that happen or that are alluded to that connect it to the kong skull island movie um and then we see some other you know if this takes place clearly before um godzilla versus kong it may even be before godzilla in their universe because at one point the guy there's a soldier who claims to have been on the, the, the ship with when they during I guess when they had the mission to Skull Island and he says, uh, you know, my memory's not what it used to be, that was twenty years ago. So that would put this in like the early nineties or because when did uh it was it Vietnam that the, they were finishing off in Kong Skull Island? Grant? No idea. Somebody, uh, it's been. Yeah, they were Vietnam? they were Vietnam vets that were yeah. going to Skull Island. And when and when did Vietnam finish? I'm not up on my did American finish, police act. Uh, uh, the mid seventies. Yeah, mid seventies. Yeah. So then this movie takes place in like the nineties. So, um, oh, not movie. Sorry, this cartoon series. Um, and I enjoyed it. Uh, the animation's perfect. You know, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a cartoon. It looks good. Um, and it fits in with the rest of the MonsterVerse, and I'm I'm enjoying the MonsterVerse stuff. So there you go. I would say if you have some time and you feel like it, give it a watch. Hmm. Kevin. Well, uh, with the sad news of the cancellation of Star Trek Prodigy, we need to celebrate the good news that is the return of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, perhaps the strongest of the current new live-action Star Trek series. Not perhaps. It is. It is definitely the strongest yes. 
of the current live-action Star Trek series. Uh, we have had two episodes of our 10-episode season two so far, and I am told that these are the weakest two episodes of the season. And if that is really? true, then we are in for a rip-roaring good time. Yeah. Um, Anson, you can't go wrong with Anson Mount, Rebecca Romain. They're both – the leads of this show are fantastic. Uh, Ethan Peck's Spock is – is getting better and better every episode. Um, I love Uhura. I think she's being really fleshed out as an actual character. The new chief engineer of the USS Enterprise, who is played by, oh my God, Carol Kane, is fantastic. She's hilarious, and I love her, and I want her to be on this show forever. Yeah, we Uh, didn't see her in the second episode, did we? No, because we didn't spend much time on the no. ship. So, um, yeah, I am in for the ride that is Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. And I hope this one doesn't get canceled anytime soon. I want to see as much of this as is humanly possible. Agreed. Nice. So good. It's so good, guys. If you don't watch any other Star Treks, watch Strange New Worlds. There's only been 12 episodes so far, and they're all fantastic. Alrighty then, which brings me down to me, and I unfortunately forgot one part of mine. Oh no! Uh, time to vamp, kill some time, time. kill the air with other because I didn't write it down. Which... Yeah, I didn't make that mistake. When I thought of mine earlier, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Well, I have the title. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, ah, okay, so my pick of the week is just something really cool. It came out last week, and it is the latest issue of Nightwing uh, from DC Comics. Uh, in particular, it's Nightwing 105. That's what I was forgetting was the, the issue number. You're uh, welcome. Th- pardon? You're welcome. <laughs> Because Ryan threw it in our pile for our weekly videos. And this comic is really cool because it's done in first person. So we see the entire book from like Nightwing's point of view. Uh, You do see him a couple times through mirrors and glass and stuff like that. But the like it's just a fantastically done experiment of a Mm. comic. Because like it's it I'm there's a lot of places saying it was the first. I won't dispute that, but at the same time, I don't like I can't say for certain that it it is. But uh, yeah, the it is a and it, the nice thing about it for our listeners, it's a like the comic is a one shot like the, this particular issue. You can pick this issue up and try it out without any like really reading anything else from it so yeah uh nightwing from dc comics issue 105 i have been hearing that nightwing has been one of dc's best books for the last year or more um and i like that the that dc is is centering dick grayson as one of the key players in their universe now I am not a huge DC 
guy on a whole. Like there's been certain books that I like and certain books that I don't. But I will say like on on a whole, the current run of like all these books that they're launching as part of the D- dawn of DC, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a stinker yet. There there's some that I like more than others, but like oh, I I like Titans, I like Green Arrow, I like Green yeah. Lantern. I like Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is actually probably one of my favorite superhero comics, if you could even call it that right now, right. that's coming out from any company. I just like really enjoy the crap out of that book and look forward to it every time it comes out. Um, there's other stuff that's not part of it that's pretty good. Nightwing is one of those books. Uh, the World's Finest book that uh, Mark Wade and Dan Mora mm-hmm. have been doing for the last couple of years, that's a book that... like subscribers at our store told me I should check out and it's really good. So um, most of the Superman titles, the, I don't, I will say, I can't say it about action because uh, we don't get shelf copies of action right now. It's just, it's for subscribers, but like Superman is good. Uh, Jonathan Kent's Superman book is good. Mm-hmm. Superboy is pretty decent. Steelworks is really interesting. Yeah, Superboy, I'm not super keen on. I've been reading. Yeah, it. it I, I I feel like they've regressed Connor to his 90s version. Oh, where yeah. I felt like he grew past that, especially in Jeff Johns' Titans run. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. I mean. They've, you've got to differentiate him from John, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So, um, uh, so I think Superboy is one of the weaker of the books, but I do like, I do like uh, some of the new things that they've brought out too. I like City Boy a lot. Did you read the first issue of City Boy? Yep, I like City Boy. And uh, I like World. the Vigil a lot too. Uh, Vigil, I'm not quite keen on yet, but um, Spirit World is I'm I'm really intrigued by too, mm. and I'm also intrigued that there's this sort of subplot going on behind the scenes in almost all the books with amanda waller trying to take down the heroes yeah that, uh, well she is the she is the new big bad for this year so yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm really excited about dc comics right now yep so there you go uh next episode uh i'm guessing we're going to be talking about indiana jones a little bit oh maybe uh, I know a couple of us are going to definitely go see it. So. I plan to see that too. Okay, so that that means four out of four. Because um, <laughs> you I, were the only one I wasn't sure of. I am planning to go and see, well, I am. I bought a ticket today to go and see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the play. So Ooh. I will probably want to talk about that next week, next time too. Yeah, okay. I, I look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I'm probably going to talk about a little bit about wrestling because uh, for this recording, the day after this recording, I'm going to go see AEW New Japan Wrestling Forbidden Door in Toronto. Hopefully, Ooh. my seats aren't so bad that I can't see shit. <laughs> Where is that happening at the ACC? Yes, or whatever the ACC is now currently. The Scotia Bank Arena. Yeah, much much like the Sky Dome, I think yeah. it's just permanently branded in my head. Yeah, well, it's, it's the bank or the vault. It used to be the hangar. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So uh, I am very much looking forward to that show, which means I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit when we get back. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Patreon.com slash True North Nerds. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Abomasnake. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. Reading comic books like a